What's up everyone, it is me, Albert, and it is episode 145 of Interactive Artistry. I hope this finds you all well. I have been unwell. I <laughs> fell sick quite badly actually, got like a crazy bad stomach bug. It was not pleasant, but that's passed now, and then also internet situation stuff happened on my end, which prevented me from... Have actually, there's actually some housekeeping there to discuss um, about future recordings. Um, but uh, but I wanted to, you know, record when I was able to finally, and now I am. So, and just basically have a bit of bit of a free flowing episode and and sort of just catch up with you all. <laughs> so I hope this has this um, has been a nice couple of uh, weeks for everyone tuning in, and uh, and really we're almost at the end of March, ready to embrace Days Gone next month, um, and Hellboy as well, obviously next month, and then I can't obviously. Uh, you know, talk about next month without talking about uh, Star Wars Celebration, where I will be for four days in Chicago. Um, and yeah, living it up, doing that amazing, cool, fun activity, which hopefully won't, um, uh, yeah, won't have any hiccups again. Traveling, you know, you never know. So you kind of quietly pray to the gods of travel to to have safe passage and all that for everything to go off without a hitch. But but in the meantime, there's been some cool um, headlines, uh, you know, a bit of chatter about, um, you know, the future of VR. I, I'm, I don't really lean towards VR almost at all, really. But um, one thing that I do think will happen is that it will be uh, completely integrated into modern systems. And what I think will happen is um, uh, if they really want to completely blow people away, um, VR will be built into the PS5 and the Xbox 2. Right, so that's that's my prediction for if they decide to go that ham, if they really want to do this thing of the next generation is here. And again, I I, I think I touch on this fairly frequently, but the whole idea of twenty twenty, um, the, the the beginning of a new uh, uh you know decade, it it comes with this inherent um marketing uh you know aspect that I've seen used, you know, I remember when like the, the turn of the millennium, you know, the two, when 2000 came around, like everyone was like the decades, the, the, the decade to, to end will, will, will foretell the true future. And there was all this like futuristic stuff. And, um, anyway, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's just to say that I see a, a fair amount of, uh, just inherent subconscious, uh, um, you know, yeah, like that. That's 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 how it operates. When when you see something like that, two zero two zero, come on now, right? It just it oper- It's the same principle behind when why people in um, uh, you know, in shopping centers and stuff, why why they name things uh like forty nine ninety nine instead of fifty because, with that, the goal is to give the idea of um, you know, the thing being cheaper. So you don't want to trigger that five to, to happen you want to keep it at the four so then people are associating the price with the four the cheaper thing um and likewise with something like a year changing nine nine represents almost <laughs> like it like we are on the cusp so 2019 uh very much like that's that's the feeling 2020 feels like there you go something has arrived and so um without a doubt uh like next gen is is arriving next year it's just it makes perfect sense. Um, it makes perfect sense also with um, you know rumors as well and uh, reports that we're getting with um, with all of that. So um, I'll dive into the housekeeping first so that I can get it out of the way. But uh, basically, 
my situation now has become so become uh, one where I am only able to record three times a week um, for uh, well okay well I say three times a week for the the longer episodes but what I'm thinking of being like again I'll just I'll just sort of say what I'm thinking of doing is going five times a week so every weekday uh, at at uh, at six. Uh, no at 8 p.m yeah i'm just sort of looking at my calendar and looking at my messages and everything happening in my personal situation uh and it is either something where i can do something for three days a week or for a, a, a little bit of a shorter time but for five days so it's just these windows of availability of technology that i have so um so it's either going to be one of those two i think i'm going to lean more towards uh Every day at 8 p.m., I put out an episode uh, recapping the day's developments in the big eight, which are as follows in order of priority for this podcast. It is gaming, number one. Number two is films. Number three is music. Number four is series. Number five is books and literature, like art, like art books and stuff. Uh, number six is tech, right? Number seven is art, you know, as in like art, you know, like, you know, artwork and posters and such. And the last one, eight is design, right? So so that gives you an idea of the ratio of what I would be discussing and what I'd be covering. And so um, I wouldn't be surprised if like some days there's just absolutely no tech or design news. Um, but every day guaranteed there'll be uh, probably a guarantee that, they'll, that like the lion's share of each episode will be games uh, and um, and film. Those will always just always there's there's always stuff happening around those, uh, and again, it's just that that ranking of those eight uh, is reflective of my uh, ratio of interest. So the percentages of of how much I'm invested in in those respective um, art forms, right? So the idea would be, yeah, every day at uh, eight p.m. I put uh, I put voice to Mike <laughs> with uh, everything in front of me. And we just go through the latest headlines, drop a few riffs here and there, see if I've found anything in the sort of deep message boards that I can possibly share to uh, and like have that ring as as new information. Or if you uh, choose to, um, and it's going to get, again, it's going to just be this double thing of being a chronicle for me, but uh, as a side uh, effect, uh, as a follow on, uh, as a, um, it would act as like a, a new source for, for folks and uh, a source of discussion and, and analysis as well. So um and yeah that that jives well i've had to just do a bit of kind of a rearranging of of what i'm able to do i'm not able to record with people so it's going to just be myself from here and i um uh yeah so 45 minutes to an hour every weekday uh, at 8 p.m i think more yeah you know I, it may end up hitting like the 50 55 minute kind of kind of mark um with each of these um but but i am looking forward to that structure it, it uh, it's just it's just um i have to put that down in my personal in, that, in my situation uh, my personal situation to kind of lay claim to this time uh and to my time with the technology so if i it's sort of like saying like this is when i need this to be able to use this and to have this time so and that works uh works for uh, you know help, helping grow the channel as well because you know 
output is uh, output is is important for for um, yeah just putting putting yourself out there in the world and so that is and then also um I, it, it works really well for me because I love keeping to schedules uh, even though yeah like the upload history and uh, some of the breaks that I've taken may say otherwise it's that's not ever been my like intention my ideal would be able to literally do this full time and like pour everything into it but yeah you got to balance things and you got to you know uh contend with other other elements in life right so any who's we have a few a few things that i want to go over and obviously there's no better place i'm going to cycle through a couple of different uh websites throughout the week but uh, my sort of go-to tends to be polygon for games which is what we will start off with um and then we'll kind of go from there i recently actually submitted an article to polygon to discuss uh towers uh by dreamlet uh, or dreamlit studios which is a if you haven't if you haven't looked at it it's this basically the pitch that i had for them was uh and they responded they said like uh like thanks for no thanks for this one particular and i i don't i don't blame them because the it's very early stages it's actually like a a prototype trailer for the game but basically it's a uh, breath of the wild meets uh you know monster hunter meets quasi rts um open world final fantasy 15 it's basically and i and i pitched it as like the dream come my dream come true game and uh and yeah it was really really just on another level just imagine like a open world like dark crystal slash breath of the wild slash you know insane odd world type creatures it's just a yeah it's literally albert's dream come true so if you just google it towers and then also dreamlit studios you'll see that a prototype trailer and you'll understand exactly what i mean so but let's uh dive right in so so let's have a look right right off the bat we have um you know, people are talking about uh, yeah, the division two. Um, I, I wish I I wish I simply wish I had both the time and the and the internet stability to jump into the division. Um, I really love the fact that it's uh, you know kind of sweeping people up and 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 it's a very um, a very uh, solidly built uh, multiplayer online uh, like uh, experience. And and the reason why I'm I'm following it and and supportive of it is. Obviously, for the for the title unto itself, you know, it's wonderful to see that team put that much effort into it, and it's clearly resonated with, resonating with people. You know, I follow Kind of Funny and Gary Weta, the screenwriter, who, by the way, no one's talking about it, but he's written um, or is writing uh, the the Mouse Guard movie, which I've said is Wind of the Willows meets a uh, uh, Game of Thrones. So it's just brilliant. Again, Google that Mouse Guard, and uh, that's going to come out hopefully maybe twenty twenty two something like that. Um, cannot wait for that. But yeah, he's playing the division, and he's he was talking on kind of funny recently about playing it with uh, on the same uh, server as Ice T, and like a bunch of celebrities, including Ice T, apparently are playing it. Um, so that's I'm super supportive of that. And you might be asking Albert, why are you talking about the division? You're not very much towards the the online stuff. But for me, uh, it's that's about uh, the team who. Um, are making the avatar game right so massive ubisoft massive are working on the avatar game and i am extremely extremely um excited about that because i think that uh that is one of uh, one of the cases of a genre being absolutely one for one perfect for the subject matter because literally throughout that game sorry see what i mean what i just did throughout that movie avatar's a movie but throughout it he's literally logging on like him getting into that avatar is him logging onto his game and then playing in his 
game world and then he joins the game world essentially this fantastical world so it is a it's a stealth gamer game uh, sorry it's a stealth gamer film uh that you know i don't know if people maybe i'll write an article about that actually i'm probably going to write a article write an article about that to egm uh shortly so just to sort of ride a little bit of that division two wave um so that's going to be my pitch to them so there you go thanks episode 145 for helping me workshop that unconsciously coolies um so there's a bit of te- uh, technology talk here with 4k tvs and then i mean i, I can't not talk about stadia briefly uh uh, we will see. It may as well be called Google. We will see because uh, I don't think if you know Stadia goes in this like you know perfect world path, which oh actually why talk about perfect world when the world isn't perfect? Um, it's going to have stumbles. It's going to have people disappointed uh, with with uh, you know you can't just unless they f- they they freaking do it. You know I remember when the Steve Jobs came out and p- brought out the phone. People were ha- literally had just like like it was like global disbelief that this glass surface could be something you could like drag your finger across and then boom buttons now that's a given but it felt like magic at the time so if they if google are serious about this no lag thing and that at at launch stadia is like that magical dream come true well you'll never see me play anything else because that would be magic you know if they're able to bring that magic you know, no lag amazingness to Australia, then yeah, like that's, that's my system right there. You know, I'm, I'm here for that. Um, and I'll, I'll be all over that. But, uh, as far as things are now, um, I remember, you know, I think I was feeling, again, the tummy bug makes you a bit more cynical. So I wrote in my notes, Google Stadia, more like Google Stupider, <laughs> which is, um, you know, it's a low blow. And I, again, remember I was sick and I and I had the tummy bug. And um, and so I, I think I was a bit grumpy that day. But I, I love the name and I love the spirit of it. And if if it really is what they say it's going to be, then game over. That's that's going to be the, like ter- terrific. And then I think everyone's going to have to follow Google on this one, you know, if um because why not? Yeah, I, 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 you know, I have one leg in the progress of technology while also having another leg just where things are now. Um, and I really enjoy having the box. But, uh, you know, I also really enjoy having my CD player that I brought to work uh, and my cassette player that I, you know, in the car. And I enjoyed those and those have had their time and then things moved moved on so um things being in the cloud feels like you know you can't really iterate much more on nothingness or servers really like the thing being in the air you can't iterate further on that so that does have this feeling of singularity this feeling of that being the zenith of 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 this technology um and so if we do reach that then there won't be need for boxes and it'll just be about codes and permissions and digital ownership will just be this blurry thing where it's just yeah yeah, it's very interesting. I'm 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 ready for the future uh, if that's the direction it takes, but we shall see. We sh- again, it's just all about we shall see and I don't think we're going to see much for a while in terms of that being like fully like the new status quo. If I would have put like uh, like throw out there a date of when like like this is the status quo of like console-less gaming, I would say 2030. Like like realistically is that that's the soonest I could imagine uh, a landscape where you know, it's just about having the, the, you know, the lounge, your portable screen, your lounge screen, and, uh, you know, your tablet screen or something. And, um, and then it's just this, 
electricity in the air, basically, is, is these different codes of PlayStation, Nintendo. They'll, those three or four, whatever, they'll, they'll still exist, and these entities will still exist, but it'll just be about permissions and exclusivity, and um, and there'll definitely be no like physical stores anymore. And um, I figured I'd put this here at one point. Uh, I, I never really discussed this. It's a bit of a moot point, but um, it seems like we're going to skip it entirely. But I once had an idea for a uh, like a premium experience uh for a, a retail gaming store and what it the, the the pitch to whatever you know financiers that it would have been was so you have your targets and your your kmarts and your walmarts uh which are in this analogy the game stops and the eb games you know and that's the kind of vibe they have, right? Uh, and then you have places like Meyer and David Jones and Grace Brothers. You know, these just this higher end feeling, right? And then I just had this this pitch that I, you know, it's 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 a moot point now because um, you know it's we're, we're moving basically completely digitally. And I and I agree, like I agree on the on the digital future. That's fine. Again, I'm happy to embrace that. That's where things go. But um, but yeah, they, they they wouldn't really technically be a place for that. Uh, so I figured I'd drop that in there, but just close your mind's eye briefly as like a swan song to a dream that never was or never will be of, uh, walking into a store that had that sort of premium feeling. And I'm talking, uh, just with, with a certain kind of lighting, a certain kind of decorum that didn't have these big garish kind of like 50% off, like discounts and like just that change in it, that, that difference in atmosphere. And I always wondered what a place like a, uh, you know, an interactive retail outlet, you know, would, um, would have felt like, uh, a premium interactive retail outlet would have felt like, and, uh, you would have had mood lighting. You would have had something approximating maybe say something like a, a bloodborne slash what's a, what's a lovely kind of modern feeling game, uh, like a death stranding, like a Kojima. Imagine like the premiere of death stranding. I, I I've said the black talked previously on this show about the black carpet premiere of death stranding and people probably roll their eyes when I say that, but you know, these are the kind of things that I think. And uh, how cool would that be for a game to have its own weird premiere where it's like a people, bunch of people gather, you know, in, in the cinema and it's Kojima with the controller and he's the director and people sit down and experience the cinematic and and uh, and then the gameplay and it's him playing it and who who would know how to play it better in a more paced out way than him. And, you know, Corey... Corey Barlog proved that um, with that stage presentation in 2016 that you can do an effective um, demonstration timed with live music. So there could be something like that. So again, I just like these ideas of doing different things with the space. I think the black carpet premiere has a uh, more a better chance of happening than something like the my premium interactive retail outlet experience kind of pitch. But uh, but there you go. So that took a bit of a uh, a tangent from 4k and 8k and, and stadia but there you go um what else have we got here for you folks oh i think we got something starting automatically nope sorry about that my my tv sometimes starts automatically um the dumbo remake is tim burton's best film in ages that makes me extremely happy um i've just been on a bit of a recent uh, tim burton reinvestigation kick looking up the potential beetlejuice sequel um, and it reminded me, I've actually came up with a, a list of properties, you know, I'll read my little spiel to you guys so that, as you know, I, I do love keeping my notes and, uh, my current, <laughs> so yeah, this, I'll just read it to you once it pops up. Cause usually this needs to redo itself. Yeah. Okay. Hold on a sec. 
Yeah, because you know when you update your your notes on the phone, uh, it takes a while to update it. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, all right. Well, never mind. I'll just use my phone then. Thanks a lot, computer. Do your thing. Cool. So my list of properties are as follows. So all mediums except music, tech, and design included. As I came up with this list, uh, it occurred to me that that I was sort of just doing this intuitive, like, yeah, it's just this curated thing that people who who knows some some people would would maybe pr like be happy with keeping like black books or black adder next to like Batman, you know. But somehow that doesn't sort of vibe well with me, so I would just keep the kind of comedy and cartoonish stuff separate. So mine is all art forms except music, tech, and design included. Some sub properties have their own entry, including so like Marvel and Guardians of the Galaxy. And also MonsterVerse and King Kong, you know, have their own entries on my kind of properties list of, of what I sort of keep tabs on. Um, some filmmaker universes are included. So this is what I mean about, uh, you know, Tim Burton. So Neil Blomkamp has his own filmmaker universe, right? Um, it's distinctive. As soon as you see something from Neil Blomkamp's films, boom, you can recognize it, that industrial kind of feeling. Um, yeah, so del, del Toro as well, you know, again, he's got his own filmmaker universe, like you see uh, the water god from uh, Shape of Water, the pale man from Pan's Labyrinth, uh, from Kronos and the Devil's Backbone, which I still need to see. I say these names, you know, of these films I just haven't seen and I should because, you know, there's that connection with Norman Reedus as well, which would be cool to see, you know, Death Stranding represent uh, and just in general, uh, Norman Reedus and uh, Guillermo represent. Coolies, so as well as some author universes, so Stephen King and Alan Moore, right? Um, and again, these these folks have distinctive imagery, like uh, you know Pennywise and Alan Moore. You've got The Watchmen, etc., and V for Vendetta, which is just you know that Guy Fawkes mask is is near ubiquitous, you know, being associated with um, an anonymous, right? So then I also have artist universes. So folks like, uh, these are a little bit lesser known. Uh, I'll give you Roger Dean, for example. I haven't got him on my list, but Roger Dean, he did a bunch of album covers back in the day for like band, like prog bands like Yes uh, and uh, Greenslade. Um, so he's got his own universe, but probably the most famous artist universe, I would say, is Frank Frazetta. So um, one of the most prominent, uh, Boris Valhalo, I think, is another one. And his, uh, uh, let me see what... Um, he, I think he paints alongside his wife, Boris Va Vallejo, yes, Peruvian um, uh, artist. And uh, I believe that he, yes, Julie Bell. There you go, right? So these fantastic artists there. So they have their own universes and their own characters. And um, and I, I have something at the end of this spiel, which will kind of be the easiest sort of thing for you to remember when it comes to like vibing with or, or just like understanding kind of how I structure like the sort of this thing which I've come to call like the properties that I follow right All right so um so Alan Williams also he did a bunch of uh, illustrations for Pan's Labyrinth um and uh, for Game of the Tour in general he did some stuff some monster designs for Pacific Rim he's got a very distinctive uh look so Alan Williams with an e I would definitely say worthwhile looking up his art so his handle is uh, I just draw so in incredible right Another hugely famous one for me personally, I don't think he's broken as much into the mainstream as Frank Frazetta, uh, um, uh, you know, is Brian Froud. So he did the um, designs for Labyrinth and also the Dark Crystal. He has his own artist universe where like he makes his fairy books. Uh, and um, yeah, you could just imagine, you know, just uh, some of these figures 
being yeah some of these um you know these artworks being made into their own kind of figures so again that's a little teaser for what i'm going to say soon so uh real world based properties including breaking bad and billions and better call Saul, those aren't included um comedy based properties such as uh tim and eric uh, the good place etc are not included either and cartoonish properties with some exceptions uh, like how to train your dragon are not included either so and but um uh, some some cult movies with implied extended universes that will probably never get extended and it's gonna just be me and my uh my imagination is krampus which i absolutely love that movie uh michael dirty shout out to uh yeah, 64 days left until God, uh, Godzilla, uh, King of the Monsters. And then uh, The Time Machine, directed by Simon Wells, who was H.G. Wells' great-great-grandson, I believe. So with Guy Pearce, and I think that's... I just really wish there was a sequel to that. It's one of my favorite uh, cult movies, and I'm happy to watch that one at any time. So those are also included. So here's here's the big thing I've been alluding to. So what you want to do is, for my categories... Uh, and sort of what makes it into kind of this and I just sat down I was like what what is my what is my deal with with how do I how do I gather all these in 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 my way intuitively you know uh and it is just yeah as I said so out of the eight right of the you know I say the eight art forms um I everything these like it's five and three so five of these like again uh um film music uh film and uh art right and then series and um gosh what whatever like it, all of them except for music tech and design right those are their own thing and then music tech and design kind of feel like like they're they just don't really fit in this kind of particular list so i figured i'd just share this with you guys um so what it is is you know if you think of sideshow collectibles and in SciShow, um, they actually make some some really interesting. Um, uh, what, what I love is that they have this interesting mix. So even though I'm not a big side SciShow collectibles person or Hot Hot Toys collectibles person, I don't have any. But what I what I do find is that they they have something approximating what is something I consider to be like my natural kind of grouping method, right? Which is um, a- anything that could. So then the blanket thing is like think sideshow collectible categories. So if you go to sideshow collectibles, you'll get something like Alan Moore right next to Alan Wake, right? Uh, and right next to Alice in Wonderland and next to Alien and Alan Williams and Apes as in for the Planet of the Apes and Assassin's Creed and Avatar, right? And so, and I was like, okay, this fits for me. So I figured at one point, I figured it would be worthwhile to share. And this all came off of a tangent to do with uh, Dumbo, <laughs> And I will see that film because uh, Tim Burton has um, he's been a bit absent from the films, uh, apart from you know Miss Peregrine's. Uh, yeah, I, I really want to see that film as well. So too easy, radio. So uh, there's been a bit of talk about um, the the future of 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 the X Men and uh, and Marvel. I'm interested in that. Obviously, I think we are far overdue for a, a Nightcrawler standalone film and also a nightcrawler standalone um uh open world uh, you know RP, like uh, action rpg uh, in the same way as spider-man was done i think nightcrawler is such an untapped character he's my favorite x-men by far so and uh if we want to go really deep cut uh, i think there should be some some form of toad game that they should just dive into that character i think it'd be really worthwhile those are my two favorite um marvel characters on the very top uh, actually, no, Nightcrawl at the very top. Then you've got um, Guardians of the Galaxy. 
Absolutely. Uh, that just that whole atmosphere, that that whole um, universe, really. I might even play Zardu Hasselfrau at the end of this episode. Uh, and if you don't know what that is yet, you haven't lived because I, I mean, you'll experience it when I've when I come to the end of the show anyway. And hopefully it's not copyrighted. Right. So. So there you go. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of a little bit of riffing on that. Coolies. Um, one of Batman's most singular writers explains why women are so drawn to Gotham City. Interesting. Polygon always has extremely interesting articles, and that's why you know I'll 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 keep pitching here and there to them for sure. Okie dokie. Well, um, looking over this, I, I'm really enjoying the Avengers posters. Those look awesome. Um, and if anything, I just want to see. Oh, the biggest one for me. Um, so interrupting my own thought it is Gwent. I cannot wait for Gwent to to get onto iOS. I was thinking about this at the moment. I am in Witcher three, and I am on a no failed quest run, and I do not want to fail any quests at all. It's just not my style, especially if I have the option not to fail quests. Um, after this recording, I'm going to jump in quickly to make sure I still haven't had any failed quests, um, and I want to. Uh, yeah, I want to get good at Gwent because I am at the quest where you need to be good at Gwent to finish the quests. I'm not very good at it now. So yeah, like, and I'll obviously manage my mobile data and all that. But the idea of being able to like practice Gwent on the way, uh, I think this is just absolutely perfect. And out of nowhere, it's like the furthest thing that you would even associate Albert being interested in a card game. Like I'm extremely excited for that because it'll allow me to finish the main game there. And uh, maybe by 2020, I'll have, I'll finally have finished uh, The Witcher 3. Uh, oh, I, I may as well discuss it now. Um, you may be wondering, yeah, Albert, why aren't you talking about Sekiro? <sighs> maybe I think it's a little bit of the, the elephant in the room. Uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, without being all melodramatic about it, Basically, I am so I'm so appreciative that that secular exists. I'm so glad for everyone who's enjoying it. I am I'm grateful that that Miyazaki made it. It was very necessary for him to make it, and I celebrate the artistic endeavor. I celebrate everything about it. Um, all I'll say is that as I played played through, aesthetically beautiful. Um, and I just need to echo a little bit of what uh, Gary Butterfield discussed on uh, some of their, him and Cole Ross have this uh, show called Bonfire Side Chat, which is now uh, behind, um, yeah, they, so they have uh, this Patreon uh, tier where you can access it. it uh, everything leading up to Dark Souls 3's uh, DLC, you can jump back and, and, and listen to all of those for free on iTunes, but uh, they reopened it. They, they technically closed Bonfire Side Chat after the DLC for us, um, Dark Souls 3, but they jumped back in for Sekiro, and the, the first impressions I completely agree with, which is that, um, you know, he didn't say it, I'll say it. I don't know if he would have said this, but for me, Sekiro made me miss Bloodborne. <laughs> it made me miss that feeling of of, uh, of playing that game. Um, and again, it's a really, it's seriously a case of to each their own. And uh, what I thought would happen for the game was that what we saw in the trailers was very, very like early on in the game and uh, something that like would just immediately within maybe the first hour, just everything would just completely change. And I thought that this is going to be, whatever we glimpsed was just so so surface level but what turns out is that because i followed it very closely i was i was probably about 25 hours into sekiro and i realized wow there's almost nothing that i haven't already seen in some fashion uh in in the promotional materials and i'm gonna say this for, for bloodborne that was not the case like i followed bloodborne extremely closely uh, and i watched all the trailers and they just they they 
not only they kept it guarded, but there was just more there genuinely to the game there was just more areas more variety and it's interesting you say albert the variety you're, you're talking about you know uh kind of nightmare version of edinburgh prague that's just you could argue that uh the environments would be samey but no for me bloodborne's environments and enemies are still unmatched in any of the dark souls in any of the souls games and certainly in in sekiro uh, and i just had this moment of wow like appreciating that people love Sekiro and and like um, I completely agree with the 9.5 uh and this isn't me trying to be like you know yeah nitpicky or anything it's just a simple acknowledgement of like that's a masterfully made game that is not for me you know and so I give it all the love and uh, I'm not taken away from anyone else's joy who enjoys that game but uh but from now my Sekiro collector's edition is sitting with me as a potential uh, exchange item for uh eventually getting my hands back on a Bloodborne Nightmare Edition. So if you are listening to this show and you have a Bloodborne Nightmare Edition and you would like um, uh, to to talk about doing a trade of the Sekiro Collector's Edition with a bit of cash that's thrown in as well, get in touch because um, that's just something that I just should never have sold my uh, Nightmare Edition. Um, and I just it made, me fall, it made me fall back in love with Bloodborne. I think Sekiro... Uh, after I've checked out The Witcher to make sure I haven't had any fa- haven't uh, had any failed quests, I'll jump into Bloodborne quickly, just to say hi to that game. Uh, but yeah, so that's the experience I had with Sekiro. And I'm so yeah, talking about Days Gone earlier, I'm really really looking forward to Days Gone. Uh, there's apparently a new Lord of the Rings game coming in 2021 based on Gollum. Uh, I really do not like that logo. I really hope it's temporary. Happy to do a bit of work on that myself if they need some immediate help there. Um, Apple's uh, recent announcements seem really, really cool and exciting. And uh, I'm really, really looking forward to picking up by the end of the year um, an, an iPad Pro because it's just it's just the dream come through dream come true tablet that I secretly suspect I'll be able to use to trick myself back into illustrating again uh, because of how it's simple and intuitive but don't don't say that out loud around me again it's some meets it's me trying to trick myself back into it okay so shush <laughs> don't don't say it out loud around Albert I'll try not to from here on um uh yeah for me you know I, I hope hopefully I won't just make every single episode uh, all about this but I I am in such next gen mode I am so ready I don't know if this makes me yeah I don't think it makes me like uh ready to jump ship or anything like that or, or unappreciative I love this this generation has been the best and like honestly I will never ever forget this generation it's the one where I I defined like my passion and it def- I defined what I want to do I want to be a community manager slash content supporter slash creator for a media company working in the space of video games whether it's a developer or a a coverage company like uh, polygon GameSpot, or ign like that is my dream now and i didn't have that until this generation i didn't have that direction so this interactive artistry i love it so dearly it's also uh to uh, keep warm you know it's to kind of keep myself sharp when and, and be ready to step into a role like that so it's almost like this training ground that i have that uh in some shape uh it'll it'll take say I can't I can't think of it as if it's a possibility I need to think of it as a certainty I will get that job I will find that role uh at what have you maybe the Australian version of Polygon if something like that grows I know that it's all about the overseas uh when it comes to securing a like a an 
on-site role for something like that, which is obviously the dream of many. And I know it takes tenacity, but uh, but what will probably happen is yeah, it would just sort of peter back out uh, to you know think of any of the IGN slash GameSpot hosts who have their own channels, and it would just sort of become that trickle there while I focus mainly mainly on the work. That's the plan now. Um, and so if I also go, I mean, it won't just be for tummy bug reasons that I may duck out occasionally from interactive artistry. It's really to, to help kind of make that dream come true. Um, but at the same time, putting out an episode every weekday, just recapping things like this and uh, connecting with all of you folks, which I also want to start uh, getting to the point where I can uh, jump onto the Instagram and, and see a bunch of inbox messages and just read them from you. So if you do want to get in touch, uh, it is at Interactive Artistry at Instagram. It's the main channel that I use. I rarely, if let's be honest, I never use the Twitter or the Facebook or the Tumblr. I just click that share all share to all button, which is basically like a spider web design that if one of those things ripples, um, then it should lead people sort of uh, follow the sort of web's vibration back to the center and the center of uh, interactive artistry. Social media is um, is is the Instagram and also the the website. Again, it's it's sort of vestigial at the moment. So I yeah interactive artistrycom It I'm. It's yeah, it's it's at the moment vestigial, and I there's also I think the, a very real possibility that I won't need it anymore because it's just going to be the podcast myself and uh, and Instagram. So coolie coolies, right? So uh, let's go on to the next one. Um, and actually, because we've we jumped into games for a bit, so let's jump into some movies, movie web, which is my main my main dealio for that it used to be first showing but first showing bless them uh they cover a lot of um uh you know just like everything this this it's very comprehensive and um uh, and it can often bring you know very interesting little tidbits about sort of not as not as widely discussed films and i'll jump in there uh myself you know to to sort of check out if there's these smaller projects which are kind of interesting and you want to you know promote those check those out but um and I can do that later, like read the site off off recording, find something, then bring it up on recording. But for the for the main kind of my polygon equivalent for for, for film is is definitely movie web. Some of the best headlines, and I think they have a great sense of um, uh, what's what's compelling to to read and write about. Right, uh, Space Jam Two sounds incredible, and I am oh that's awesome. So they're going after Sonequa Martin Green, which would be awesome. Um, let's have a look. That's so funny about uh, Bill Murray's zombie movie, The Dead Don't Die, gets a summer release date. That's really cool to see him doing that. Um, Mark Maron talks Joker role and being a superhero hypocrite. I find that interesting, and I cannot wait for the uh, for the Joker film. I like. Uh, I think I'm gonna get Ray, my girlfriend, on on the show to talk about Joaquin's performance with that. I can definitely see that happening. That will be the one uh, situation where I'll be able to, uh, yeah, record with another person. It's gonna be in in person you know um yeah the i don't have the discord ability at the moment uh for the foreseeable future um i yeah there is yeah the star wars episode 9 poster is incredible uh, i can't spoil it <laughs> for anyone who's tuning in and doesn't want to just immediately click off the off the website but it is stunning and uh, i've saved it to my phone and uh on the on my way to work tomorrow i will definitely be sort of pouring over it pouring overing it and uh, pouring over it and looking at it so i'm stoked about that um so keanu reeves shares his love for toy story 4 character duke kaboom that's really great i i think i mentioned somewhere i don't know if it was on the show or anything but um i am doing a uh yeah we, like my girlfriend and i recently did a like a big toy story toy story a-thon 
which was a bunch of fun and it made me think um yeah gosh it made me think that uh toy story 4 has to do something extremely special to to really to top three definitely so okay cool well um and there's a bit of discussion here about shuri and in infinity war but um but yeah i also i it occurred to me um that uh you know we also had uh, and, and what did i tell you it's always going to gravitate back towards games so we had the state of play and i can't i can't stress enough i'm actually very happy with that i'm very very happy with them um, with with the sort of mini bite sized states bite sized state of play um yeah yeah i i you know i think brian altana phrased it best is like instead of um fireworks once in a while we just get these little sparklers uh, and that's just going to be fun because that's where uh, I think announcement like the ones we got belong, right? Uh, which frees things like um, whatever PlayStation event that they are going to have um, this year, which will be where the next Death Stranding information will land. Um, it'll free those up to be exclusively about. Uh, imagine, imagine this, folks. Let me let me do a little pitch for you. Imagine if you're Sean Layden, you're sitting with Sean Layden and saying, "How do we just make things everything better where everyone gets what they want and we set a new a new path outside of E3 where things are where they belong and no one's disappointed." Great. Okay. Well, what if we set these smaller updates for smaller games, right? For the smaller VR experiences, for the concrete genies, you know? What if we set that as the state of plays? And then what if we, and, and with all the time that we would have dedicated to these little cutaways at things like, you know, uh, PlayStation's E3 showcase or PlayStation Experience that they would have cut away to something like a Concrete Genie. What if the PlayStation Experience uh, or the PlayStation event, which some people, I, I don't know if it's just me, but does anyone else get the feeling? Yeah, you can comment below if you like. Um, does anyone else get the feeling that they may be going with something other than PSX as the title for um, the event that they'll be doing? Or do you think they'll double down on the PlayStation Experience moniker and then that'll be the main event for PlayStation um you know also they said they uh, wouldn't be at e3 they didn't say they wouldn't be at uh, uh, paris games week and as you remember there was uh, a couple of weeks a couple of years ago playstation did a huge push towards uh, their presence at one of the paris games weeks uh, i think it was where the new god of war footage was was revealed and that was like wow playstation is at paris games week so they have at no point said that they won't be there so um i mean it's implied that because they're withdrawing from e3 they may not have stated it but you know they i really feel like that that messaging says that they do that they truly believe that they are able to run things on their own steam disney uh, sorry uh disney style uh, nintendo style right so i mean I'm, i'd be happy with that i'd be really happy with that actually so so there you go um so so yeah imagine you're you're sitting down to watch uh you know the playstation experience event in 2019 say maybe it's in july or december or something like that and they talk about literally five games they talk about death stranding they talk about the last of us part two they talk about ghost of tsushima and then like maybe two other games that's that's going to be like cross cross platform with the uh, next gen and it's just these five games and the hour it's like an hour and a half long event and for each of these games there's like an extended interviews like that dream that a lot of people have they say why couldn't we hear more about that well imagine if you sit down for the the last of us part two thing and and all of that that time that showcase time uh, that would have been dedicated to cutting things away and trying to shove and chug and like fit everything into this one event uh all that time that is now dedicated in things like state of play to the smaller ends they can have that the smaller games can have state of play while this big event is literally for the big game so again it makes the most sense 
I think it would be beautiful to have something like that. And for, for folks like myself who love to have that sense of, oh, we're getting a, a big, beautiful uh, interview and a, and a showcase and screenshots and artwork and everything and like new story tidbits, demo, like imagine that, right? So five games, uh, imagine they had like a 25 minute showcase each, right? That would be incredible. Uh, for each of them, like a nice big chunk of gameplay with a bit of interviews with a bit of artwork and concept art. And imagine that for boom, days, uh, De Death Stranding, uh, Ghost of Tsushima and Last of Us Part Two, that, that kind of thing, right? I would love that to happen. And I think that would be, I think that would be perfect, right? So I want to leave that, leave the, leave the episode off on that. Um, little tidbit there yeah again if you wanted to chime in and uh, jump on the show with a question i would be more than happy to uh read that from you folks uh just at interactive artistry uh at um on instagram and um and you can also head over to the patreon if you enjoy the show and want to see it continue you can jump on there on any of the tiers and uh there's a couple of benefits there both digital and physical as well so Folks, it has been a pleasure catching up with you all. I will speak to you in 24 hours time tomorrow for another interactive artistry. Until then, bye for now.